How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseo Pukusakode as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. 2017, something will visit your house. Supernatural supply. It is not coming by hard working. It is not coming by academic work. It is not coming by position. You will conceive that child by the supernatural. You will get that job by the supernatural. You will start that business by the supernatural. Prophet Nanase Pukusakode is an end-time season firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry, anchored on prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. Today, may you hold up your gun as a soldier of God. And may you stop that weeping. May you stop that crying. And take responsibility. No soldier cries on the battlefield. And it shall come to pass. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Call unto me and I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things. And now, Prophet Nanase Opokusakodie. We are still in the journey of hope. Which is the anchor of faith. That if the enemy can make you hopeless, he has make you helpless. Hope is the anchor of faith. I said last week that hope does not plumb faith. Or it does not replace faith. Hope does not take the place of faith. But rather, it, give, it gives faith something to work with. So it is your hope that gives your faith the substance to work with. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. It is the evidence of things you don't see but you believe. So if you hope for nothing, your faith has nothing to produce. So sometimes when the enemy comes to you, he attacks you of your hope. And the purpose of attacking your hope is to make your faith impotent. A hopeless situation becomes a helpless situation. So, this is the conclusion of the matter. Why are we talking about hope? It's because sometimes... God will not bring the answer and the manifestation at the time you are not expecting or at the time you are expecting. Let me put it that way. So you pray to God. Sometimes you can have a spiritual feeling as if the answer is coming tomorrow. Sometimes you can have a feeling as if your hand has already touched it. And from the time you have the feeling, for 10 years God has not show up. And when you find yourself in that situation, what do you do? And I can challenge that. Everybody in this room has something he has prayed for that has not manifest. Now probably there was a feeling as if the thing is coming tomorrow. And I said last week that <laughs> what will you do when your friend is gone? And God come to promise he will give you a child. And after he made a promise, show up after 30 years. You can cancel the friendship. And you can come back and say, <laughs> Uh, I thought they say you were a miracle working God. So everybody can find themselves in that situation. Hallelujah to Jesus. And that is why in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse number 17 and if I can read from even 18 the Bible says Abraham has to hope against hope. It's a lot of lesson for us. Tell somebody sometimes you must hope against hope. You must hope against hope. Who against hope believe in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. This is God talking. Verse number 19, if you don't mind. And be not weak in faith. Be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. So Abraham could have been weak in faith if he was weak in hope. Are we together? Abraham could have been weak in faith if he was weak in hope. Oh, wow. Can I come back and read it in the New International Version from verse number 18? Everybody say, hope. Well, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. So, so, so became the father of many nations. So he wouldn't have become the father of many nations if he lost hope along the line. 
Why did the Bible say Abraham lost hope? Because the reason the Bible is talking about hope here is that every circumstance physically shows that Abraham has no right to keep on believing that God will give him a child. Because in the natural, nobody still trusts God for a child when we are in menopause. And when you get into menopause, that one alone is enough straw to break the back of the camel than to come to the place to have menopause times two. So, against all hope, Abraham in hope, belief. Give me the Amplified Version. I love the way the Amplified Version put it. It was interesting. For Abraham, human racing for, for Abraham, comma, human racing for hope being gone, hope in faith that he should become the father of many nations. For Abraham, human racing for, everybody say human racing. So the reason why you need your hope intact is that you will come to the place that human reason will not allow you or permit you to keep on believing God. Whilst you are confessing and trusting God, let me tell you something. The problem is not even the fact that you are not developing your faith. The problem is you know, the fact that you are not a woman of faith. But you live in an environment that everything fights your faith. It's not that you don't have faith. But everything about everything around your environment fights your faith. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the faith fighters show up when you are close to the breakthrough. It was not long. The age difference between Ishmael and Isaac was very interesting. The age difference. I don't want to go there. It will, it, will just, it will just take me on another line. But you see, Abraham came close to the breakthrough when the faith fighters, and the faith fighters can be a wife and a husband. Faith fighters can be people that has even gone along with you in the fight, but suddenly turned. So, at the point, the faith fighter of Abraham became Sarah. That said, you and God are getting confused. And I need to help you. So my, my, my maid servant Hagar is there. My maid servant Hagar. How many of you have talked that God is faithful? There is something I learned about this particular story. And I realized that, you see, even when you become unfaithful in the line, God will still be faithful. Yeah. When we decide to become unfaithful in the line because, oh, thank God for covenant. I, I think God knew that sometimes the faith fighters will show up. So he said, Abraham, I'm not only going to work on this based on how you believe and how I'm going to manifest. Let's also enter a basis of covenant. So covenant is the only thing that will make a man make a mistake and God will still come back and look for you. So a covenant does not permit God to, to, to give up on you. Can I say that again for somebody to get it? Oh, ma, 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 ma. I say a covenant will not permit God to give up on you. No matter what you do for him to give up. He said, I have every right to give up on you. But because of the covenant, when Abraham slept with Sarah, God could have come down and said, Abraham, you have messed up with our covenant. You have messed up with agreement. You have not come to the place of unbelief. You have come to the place of hopelessness. I am just backing off from this thing. But because of the covenant, and the Bible says, God remembered his covenant. He remembered his covenant. I love what David said in Psalm 84. He said that God said, my covenant would I not break. If you break it, I will not break my own. He said, you can back off, but I will still hold on to it. The reason why you go back and we sin and we mess up and we come back and God will still receive us because he has a covenant with Jesus Christ on your life. He has a covenant. No. So sometimes don't get confused. When you read the Bible and you decide to read the Bible through and you start reading the Bible from the book of Genesis and you come back and, and Genesis is nice and then you come back to Exodus and you see why they are giving them the laws and you see how the laws are being given and you see how God is dealing with people in that time and the way God is dealing with you at this time. You may think that, why is it that me when I sin, God doesn't open the earth and close it? Why is it that when I do things, God doesn't punish me? Because you are living under a different covenant. You are living under a different dispensation. Because the way God relates to the guys in the Old Testament is different from the way he relates to you. Hallelujah. That, that covenant was only on the basis of the law. And the Bible called the law a curse. Hallelujah. Because the law is such a way that if the law is 100 and you obey 99 and break one, all the 99 is canceled. 
So the man that even brought the law couldn't even obey the law. The Moses that went to stay in the mountain and brought the law, he himself worked against the law. That is why one day God was angry with Moses and said that you will see the land, but your feet will never step there. And one day he went to God in apology and he said, Lord, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to apologize for this. And God said, don't talk about this matter again. I don't want to hear it again. That was the first time I saw God saying that this matter is settled. Because in the dispensation where you live, once you mix it, you have mixed it. But in the dispensation of grace. And so some of the New Testament writers call it a better covenant. It means that the old one was not bad. But if you went to school anywhere, you went to the kind of uh, local authority primary school that you went, and you learned good, better, best, you also learned that, okay, let me get out of that, hallelujah. You also learned that something can be good, but if the thing is better, you have to go and choose the better one. Mm-hmm. So the old covenant, we cannot throw it away because it's a schoolmaster to lead us to the new one. It's a schoolmaster. The law is a schoolmaster to grace. So we cannot throw the schoolmaster away. The fact that you are a graduate does not mean that you should forget about your primary school head teacher. Oh, are you getting what I'm talking about? Because he taught you how to, let me get out of God. He taught you how to write. He taught you how to do something. So even though he's not much at the place where you are, but he gave you a starter. And give you a foundation. And give you something to stand on. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about here? And so, that is the reason why you are in a dispensation where, as if sometimes God overlooks. But, you have to also be careful because later the, the, the Hebrew writer or the New Testament writers in the epistle said that the fact that you are in the dispensation of grace, that's not we should take grace for granted. That's not me you should frustrate the grace of God. Because there is a limit to where God can hold your nonsense. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about? So fine, fine, fine. Yeah? So when Paul was writing about grace, he came to the place and know that there will be a generation that will come to PFC and that will sit in Porter City and some of them who want to continue sinning will say that, oh, I fornicated last month but grace sustained me. And when I come to church, I say, Moko, lo, bo, bo, bo. I saw the Holy Ghost come and even change my gear and say, look, ku, 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 ku. and then I want to do it again and I want to do it again. So Paul said that, okay, I'm talking about grace, that the grace said that whatever you do, grace will cancel it, but shall we continue in sin? So the problem is not the sin, but the continuation. Shall we continue in sin that grace will abound? Apostle Paul said, God forbid that you come and find yourself in such a state. It means that whilst you are sinning, be careful you don't continue. Because one of the greatest revelations I found in the Bible is that God forgives sin, but it doesn't cancel consequence. A young lady, a student graduate, came to me and said that I'm in level 300, just about to write my exams, and I'm pregnant. I said, praise God. He said, you can't say praise God, pray for me. I said, for what? He said, number one, pray for me, that God will help me, that this pregnancy will automatically be aborted. I look at her, I say, God is not a gynecologist. And number two, he's not an abortionist. And I told her, I said, if God abort babies, you won't be alive. And I told her, that is the consequence of your action. I can 100% guarantee that if you ask God to forgive you that sin, he has forgiven you. But he doesn't take away the baby. And the consequence of your sin is that you must defer your course. And stay at home. When the, whilst the guy who impregnated you is doing his course. It's a lesson for every lady here to write it in your diary in case you are not married. Can I say that again? The guy who impregnated you, what course is he doing? He says he's doing architectural. And I said, which uh, class? He said, he, I'm going, he's going four years. Is it seven years? He mentioned some, 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 some years that he's going. But uh, he said, the guy is in a class. But I, I cannot go to class because my stomach is coming up. And I said, fine, you defer the call, stay at home. 
And then by the grace of God, after you give birth, if in case after you give birth you are not pregnant again, then come back and continue the course. Why? The guy who impregnated you is still pursuing his architectural call. And I promise, after he finishes his architectural call and become a qualified architect, she will look for a woman architect who is not yet pregnant. It's not really part of my preaching, but it's a wisdom code that you can put it down. Hallelujah to Jesus Christ. Amen. Life is about decisions and choices. You decide, you choose, and you live with your choices. Look at somebody and ask the person, are you married? If you say no, tell the person, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool, tell the person. No, don't tell a marriage woman because no marriage woman will come into that. But if the person is not married, tell the person, don't be foolish and don't be a fool. Tell the person, hallelujah. We are not insulting, we are only cautioning you. Give the Lord a clap of it. That's a good point. Hallelujah. And Abraham again so believe in hope. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's, that's powerful. Don't you think so? Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to break up and tell you all kinds of things. <laughs> As I read all kinds of things and, and, and study all kinds of things and, and read magazines and, and go through all kinds of things, I realize that most of the people living in our generation is living in foolishness. Hallelujah. No, no. You are either making wise decisions or foolish decisions. All of them will land you somewhere. Everything is a seed, including nothing. And what happened to Abraham? Against hope, he believed. Everybody say, against hope. I'm going to end by giving you a very fire and a very bullet and a very ballistic mystery on ability to bring your hope back. Hallelujah. Everything in our generation is fighting the hope of a child of God. Your hope is under attack. Everybody's hope is under attack. How does your hope come under attack? unexpected visitations. I was talking to a dear lady yesterday in a company. I told her, I said that what, have hap- what is happening to your family is called demonic surprise. When you are not expected, Satan shows up. You see, you can live your Christian life and live as if everything will be smooth all the time. There's a reason why you are prayerless. There's a reason why you don't even see the need to come to all night and pray. There is a reason why when we are fasting, you eat. You make it feel like those of us who do it, I see we have a major problem. But sometimes not necessarily that. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the evil day comes. So in the kingdom, you build a defense before a missile is shot so that the missile defense system makina masotapaya. So when you see me fighting, when you see me fasting, when you see me praying, it means that there is another kingdom there that has a missile, but I need to build a missile defense system. Now watch this. What makes America powerful and dangerous is not just the missile, but they have a missile defense system. I want to bring your mind back a little bit to civil ideas. And I want to tell you about a recent battle between Israel and Gaza or Israel and Hamas. And there was a missile exchange. Israel will shoot the missile and, and Hamas will shoot the missile. But the difference is that Israel has a missile defense system. What do you mean by that? It means that when you shoot your missile, something also rises up and meets the missile halfway and drop it in the sea. So it is called an anti-missile defense system. So as far as they have anti-missile, your missile becomes useless. It's a powerful missile, all right. It can be a dome missile system, all right. But something does not allow it to get to a target. So those of you that are taking things light. And when we are fasting, you are eating. And when we are fasting, you don't care to come and pray. You might probably be a Christian. I'm telling you that you are born again, all right. I tell you, God loves you. I tell you that you are a child of God. But I tell you that sometimes, if you don't take an enemy, shot a very dangerous missile, you may not have the anti-missile system. Somebody met a man of God and said, do you ever have a problem? He said, maybe he came and I didn't know. Antimesa. Antimesa. I was sitting in an Israeli aircraft, commercial aircraft from London to 
Israel to Jerusalem, uh, to Tel Aviv. Uh, and then I was with my wife. And then I came back and I was talking to my friend who has been in the Mozart for some time. And he said that when we sit in our aircraft, and I said that I saw the pilot just a, a, avoiding all kinds of countries. And he said, oh, yeah, that's what we do. But apart from that, he said the anti-missile systems in our commercial aircraft is more expensive than the aircraft itself. It means that you buy aircraft for about 20 or 30 million dollars and you buy anti-missile system for about 40 million dollars. There is something about this anti-missile system. If in case even the military men, the Air Force guys and those control the system are asleep, the system automatically pick it that a missile is coming when the operators are asleep and meet it halfway. And everything in the natural comes from the rooms of the spirit. What is the strength of your anti-missile system? And in case Satan shoots a strange bullet, how would the missile system take it up? Anti-missile can be an unexpected attack of the enemy. You never dreamt of it. It comes with a demonic surprise. Oh, wow. Sometimes, a little bit of the history of Israel, most of the enemy attacked them on our west. In fact, one day, they attacked them on Sabbath. It was a time that they are all off and they are relaxing and they are just seeking the face of God and nobody is under oppression and they attack them. It comes at the time you are not expecting. It comes at the time. Apostle Paul was talking about principles of warfare. He said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He said, make sure you put on the whole armor of God. Don't put some leaves on. Make sure you have the whole armor. Make sure the armor covers your face. It covers your head. All the sensitive part. That is why you sit in a motorbike. They advise you to take in a helmet. The reason for the helmet is that Paul talked about the helmet of salvation. So about 2,000 years then about, they knew what is called helmet. The reason why is that you can break your hand and you can still put it back. You can break your leg and they can still work on it by acupuncture, whatever, by, 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 by any bone specialist. And, and you can also break your hand. But if you break your head, so they said, make sure your head is protected because all the five senses are in the head. The five senses that stands against me, testing is in the mouth. <laughs> what do you call it? Feeling is in the mind. Seeing is in the eyes. Hearing is in the ears. You should protect the head. And he said, when it comes to the head, wear a helmet of salvation. Make sure you are safe because you are not safe. S-A-F-E until you are safe. S-A-V-E. What do you mean by that? Your safety depends on your salvation. Because the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. Having a seal, the Lord knows them that are his. So if God doesn't know you, he has under no obligation to protect you. Now, in case God brings an aircraft now, are you a citizen of the kingdom? The Lord bless those who are clapping. Just, just making sure that. Now, are you somebody hearing? In case there's a chaos in the air and God comes back with a heavily aircraft. And listen, when the American aircraft come, you need an American passport to sit in the aircraft. You don't need a, you, you don't need a plane fare. You don't need a visa just to have the passport. So you can't go there with a Ghanaian passport. And you say, I have an American visa. Hopelessness will naturally make a, man, a woman prayerless. Hopelessness will make a man prayerless. If you see somebody who wake up and doesn't feel like praying, if you see somebody who doesn't have any desire to get close to God, the foundation of the missile that has been fired is a hopeless missile. When Satan fire, fired a hopeless missile on you, it kills inner revival. Because you cannot have external revival until you have eternal revival. It is what is inside that brings what is on the outside. Your input determines your output. Personal revival. <laughs> a personal revival will let you wake up in the morning and feel like singing a new song. A personal revival will let you just wake up in the morning and you feel like coming to church. If you lose personal revival, coming to church is a struggle. You wake up in the morning, if you, don't, you don't feel like waking up. And don't feel, anytime the enemy brings you to that state, he's calculating for the next missile. Satan doesn't shoot all the missiles at the same time. 
He shoot one missile. The first major missile is a missile of hopeless situation. A missile of I'm tired of serving God. A missile of I've been praying all this year, nothing has shown up. Hallelujah. Oh, you must understand God to work with him. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Against hope, Abraham believed in hope. I want to bring you to the book of Acts of the Apostles and chapter number 27. And if you don't mind, let me read from verse number 20. Are you with me at all? In case you are with me or if in case you've gone home, I pray that you come back to the house. Somebody say amen. I want to end my message by talking to you about the benefit and what do you do when hopeless situation comes after you. I'm reading from Acts chapter 27 and verse number 20. The, the, the background of this story is I told you the other day that Apostle Paul has been arrested unlawfully uh, 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 by going to preach the gospel and he was mad by the people and all the Jewish people were looking for him because the guy was spreading the gospel. Paul was a powerful guy. Wow, I called him first class apostle. What a mighty guy. He went to the uh, Ephesus and it was a, a demon invested place. They have a very big God called Diane and then Paul went there with a revival and, and, and everybody has an idol in his house and the idol is made by one Alexander and the Bible said when Paul went there. All those people were going bankrupt. They didn't have a job because nobody was asking for the idols again. Until the guy came back and said, we are not only losing the image of Diane, we are also losing our occupation. So Paul can come to a Buddhist invested area and nobody can print the Buddhist statue again. Powerful guy. Changing lives. Makuna Maya. I saw in the Bible, when you come to encounter with personal revival, it's not just a prophecy that turns you around. There are people in our generation that they are courting with a lady. They go to a strange prophet and say that there is something wrong with your wife. I see that your wife comes from social and so background. And even though they are in love, they back off. They back off because of a prophecy. So their marriage is not based on love. It's based on prophecy. Because a prophet said, I saw some dangers about the woman. But I saw Apostle Paul, that a mighty prophet called Agabus came to a church service and took Paul's girdle and bind it and spoke in tongues in Amasuta Kapaya. Agabus was a prophet in the New Testament and said, Ramasite Kaya. And he said, that say yes the law. And he said, as, as, as he was binding the rope on his body, he said, so shall the Jewish people bind the person that owns this rope. And all the church say, Hinamasu, Hirabatoya. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God has spoken. Apostle Paul says, Shut up. What means you to weep and to break my heart? He said, I am not only ready to be bound, but I'm ready to die for Jesus. It is Agabus' prophecy that will stop me from going where I must go. I am ready to die for Christ. He said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. These are the kind of men we need in our generation. These are the kind of men we need in the church. These are the kind of ministers that are ready to take risk. I remember when I was coming to Pram Pram, a great man of God called me and said, do you know where you are going? Do you know Pram Pram? Nothing good has ever happened there. Do you know the things you are going to fight? Do you know what? And he was discouraging and said that, find another land. And I said in my heart, I said, whatever devil that is there, can Jesus also go there? And that light shined in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. And that is the true light. And I said, what kind of gospel is this? That we only want to go where? It's butter and bread. If it is in our time, a pastor hear the prophecy that he's going to die, he'll be the first to jump. And say, let's all praise God. Paul say, what means this to weep? And to break my heart. Before the God has told him, he says, Paul, you have testified before me in Agrippa. You testified me before Caesar. Paul is not moved by prophecy. He's not moved. Prophecy that stops me from preaching the word. Jesus said, where we are going, if you love your life, you die. But those that want to ready to die, they will live for the gospel. Yeah. I know it. Paul said we die daily. If you do some of the fast thing that we do, and sometimes you come to the place, 
And you see that all your body systems are talking. You see that you are in a place. It's danger. But for Christ's sake. He said, they that love their life, they will lose it. And they that lose their life for my sake, they will gain it. Until this spirit enter you, your selfishness will never leave. Tell somebody, my hope is coming back. Plus situation is not, no, there will not be any hopeless person in this place. You see, we are, we are preaching the hope so that we will cement it with the faith. And when you take off, you take off like an aircraft. Walk here with a free heart. Love people. Life is a gift from God. Enjoy it. Don't walk as if you have been baptized in lemon juice. Some of you, everything offended you, including yourself. Everything offends you, including yourself. When you look at yourself, you are offended. Offended. Give me the scripture, Acts. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. That is another stage altogether. All hope that you should be saved was taken away. And this one is the middle of the sea. It was not a cruising ship. It was a passenger ship. And the Bible said, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. And Paul was on the ship. And all hope that we should, take it, we should be saved was taken away. Look at this. Look at this. Keep on. Keep on. But after long abstinence, after long abstinence, after long abstinence, after long abstinence, give me the New International Version. Wow. Huh. After the men had gone a long time without what? Food. Come back to King James. Long time without food. You will know. Come back to King James. After long abstinence, I just wanted to qualify the word abstinence. Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, after long abstinence, that word would never have come without fasting. That word, they were in a state of hopelessness that everything about them says that. You see, it is one thing for you to be in a place. It's another thing for you to meet them face to face. It means that where you are, everything staring at you is death. This is the state. Middle of the sea. It was not a little ship like the one you ride now. And all kinds of things are happening. Uh, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst. So remember, the Bible said all hope that we should be saved was gone. But after long fasting, Paul stood in the midst of that situation. Stood forth in the midst of them and said, Says, you should have hacking unto me. It means I have said something you didn't believe it. And not have loose from crate. And to have gained this harm and loss. Now watch this. Kadiba Sotaya. And now I exhort you, be of good cheer. So when hope come and replace hopelessness, this is the way you talk in the midst of hopelessness. Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but the sheep. The Bible said, all hope that we should be saved is gone. And another man said, there shall be no loss of any man's life. Whose report will you believe? But it came after a long abstinence. It takes the spirit of hope to, say, to confess life in the center of death. I'll say that again. It takes the spirit of hope to confess life and to say, I will live when death is knocking your door. And now, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but for the sheep. <laughs> Instead of a man dying, let the sheep rather be destroyed. Watch this, watch this, watch this. For there stood by me this night, there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. There stood by me, angel of, angels don't stand in the kitchen. They stand by people who have gone through abstinence. Tomorrow I'm going to teach you something. One of the benefits of fasting is revelation. What do I call it? Revelation. And revelation is a matter of faith. What you hear from God is revelation. One of the benefits of fasting is revelation. One of the benefits of fasting is sensitivity to the voice of God. So when you fast, your spirit man gets open. What God struggles to tell you, he tells you without sweat and without struggle. You, you, you will pick God's voice, bam, without sweat. And once you hear God, you are in a, you are in a 99% of breakthrough. You cannot hear God and doubt it. 
the voice of the Lord is majestic. Am I preaching to somebody here today? Huh? So one of the revelation, one of the benefits of fasting is sensitivity to God's voice. One of the benefits of fasting, good about is quick answer to prayer. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. And what did the angel say? And what did he say? He said, fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given you all the people that is with you. All the people that is with you. Now watch this. Watch this. Wherefore says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Don't lose hope. Be of good cheer. Don't lose hope. Be of good cheer. Don't lose hope. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. No matter the economy, be of good cheer. No matter the business is going, be of good cheer. They might not have bought anything, be of good cheer. Things might be delaying, be of good cheer. Again, you will get married, be of good cheer. Woman, you are going to have your children, be of good cheer. But you must have the spirit of hope because if Satan can press you in a war and take away your hope, your faith has become impotent. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. God can turn everything. Write this statement down again. Everything is reversible by faith. Amen. Let me put it another way. Every negative situation is reversible by faith. For faith to work, your hope must be intact. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Somebody shout, Amen to Jesus. Amen. I can't hear you say, Amen to Jesus. Amen. Wherefore, says, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as Jesus told me. Hands will be laid on people. People will get prophetic direction. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, prophetic direction. It is dangerous to hang around without prophecy on your life. Walk around with prophecy. Yokes will be destroyed. Burdens will be lifted up. Mm -hmm. Doors will be open. An answered prayer will be answered. Yeah. And I can tell you this one, God will surprise you. Yeah. I believe it. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I believe it. I believe it. The fact that God didn't do it in your time shouldn't mean you should give up. The father didn't come at the time you expected that somebody should give up. If your boyfriend says he will marry you again, another one better than him is coming. Yeah. But you see, if your spirit is not strong, you'll be depressed. It is hope, full life, and inner strength that makes you not cry in the midst of situation that you must cry. Lock your church building, you are in the street for 40 days. But you can tell all the people that. But I said, Batman will be a sister in Cadillac. As for this one, you'll be a mass server. This one, I don't know where she will be. It takes inner strength. One of the things that we did that the devil hell became confused was that thing we did in Tema. If you go to the devil's kingdom, <laughs> you mention my name there, you say, ko, 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 ko. What else? There's a place you come to, the devil give up on you. You just say, this man, no. But it comes by going through a test. God will not anoint anybody has not tested. I say you must be tested before you can be an instrument in the hands of God. Every good marriage has gone through trials. You are the only one who is running away from the time of trial. And I mean to me cry, and I don't have affection for my wife. And I don't, the next one you are going to tell, who should, who, what's the guarantee that you have affection? And, no, 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 you get what I'm talking about. It's not marriage, it's not every time affection. Because once you still want affection, the feeling, when you're feeling, it means that you are not living by faith. So there are no feeling, faith must take over. And still fire without failing. Uh, somebody, somebody will shout to Jesus when I finish preaching. And, somebody, and the just shall live by what? Faith. So sometimes when there is no affection, go on duty. That's all. That's my faith. I don't have feeling for you, but I have to work. I got to work. And I got to work. And I got to work. And work very well. You are the only one living by failing. You are the only one living by failing. They just shall not live by failing. They just shall live by what? Faith. Hey, can I say this? 
there is a wilderness of Christianity. And everybody's Christian world, there's a place of wilderness. And in the wilderness, everything becomes flat and dry and nothing is moving. And it's a temporary situation. Building your strength. Building your maturity. Building your ability. It's not every time you pray and the prayer has to come with failing. Sometimes when you pray, 10 minutes and the Holy Ghost take over. And I am, hey, 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 hey. There are sometimes you stand one hour, and the thing is very dry. But you cannot say that because it's dry, God does not answer it. Because he didn't say I will answer your prayer when you fail. What things whatever you believe, when you pray, whether you feel or you don't feel. When, what things whatever you desire, when you pray, whether you feel or you don't feel, believe. Believe. Tell somebody, believe, 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 believe that you receive. Don't feel it. You don't need to feel it. A feeling Christian has no future in the kingdom. I don't have feeling for my husband. I don't love him anymore. No, your love is still there. It's temporary. You are being challenged. You are being tested. It doesn't mean go for another girl. An immature Christian would think that now, now that you don't have feeling for your, your husband and, and then you have feeling towards your secretary, you think that he's a better woman. You are only immature. Because you, you get to the place to know that marriage will come to the place that you can't even have sex. I still have to leave. When you hear people have married for 70 years. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Then you have to leave. So it is not, you are the only one who is living by failing. You are the only one who is living by, you can't live your life by failing. No. There are times you live with somebody and that sensitivity, that love is not there. That fiancé, fian, uh, 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 what do we call it? Uh, atmosphere and engagement. You can't maintain it in marriage. There's a place of certain demand that draws away those things. No. I left mommy to come and stay here for 14 days. It doesn't mean I have no feeling for her. And naturally, sometimes when I travel, I call her every time. This time, based on what I was dealing with, I couldn't even call her once. Then he come back. Where is your phone? I hear that. No. You call me. Sometimes he calls me. I didn't pick up. Maybe I'm asleep. And then he sleep. But you see, maturity will not let her. Just used to it. Tell the children, don't call that. They should be praying by now. And then it's there. But if you are only living by failing, every failing person is a selfish person. <laughs> Selfishness will always want to be you, 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 show name. You, 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 you. Hey, 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 he doesn't call me. Hey, why is it that you have not sent me a message? Hey, Messiah, me, that's all. No, you can't live your life that way. It's not, it's not Christianity. It's not maturity. Don't live your life that way. You have to live your life in fun. Hallelujah. And just walk there. No, 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 nothing is wrong. Nothing is wrong. Don't, don't start going to, you know, but, no, no, Charlie, then what's that? Take broken English. Hey, Charlie. This time, I don't know, I don't know what's in the happen crowd. It'd it be like, I know they get some feeling for my wife at all. It'd be like the thing, I'm, I'm going to go do some one or two things. I'm going to go do what? Maturity. All kinds of crazy things in the church. No. Good morning. Hmm. How are you? Hmm. And you are there like a, you have been baptized in lemon juice. Nobody will talk about you. You are that say you are moody. You won't listen to your wife. You won't laugh. You won't smile. But boy, I rebuke that spirit away from you now. Maturity. You are too much emotional. Too much in a selfish state. Too much. Afraid because you lost a relationship before you were just putting pressure on this new one. If the guy can't call it, I won't frame it. I won't frame it. I won't frame it. I won't send him a test. And then you are just living by fear. You have no hope for your future. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work by failing. That's a lot of food pray and use your mouth to kill the answer to your prayer because you didn't have a feeling. God is not a feeling machine. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You walk around, everybody must feel you. Feel him, you feel it, bear me. Meaning, feeling, feeling, feeling. I mean, what, what kind of thing is that? And hey, hey, all, all this. Now, it is a good jargon, but sometimes I feel the presence of God. So if you don't feel, does it mean God is not there? Okay, I want to ask you a question. When you sleep, do you feel God? When you sleep, do you feel the presence of God? So is God in your room? 
So you can't put God in the corner of your failure. God is bigger than failing. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about here? Slap somebody and say, grow. Tell the person, grow, grow, grow. Slap somebody and say, tap two people and tell them, grow, 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 grow. Grow, grow, hallelujah. Apostle Paul didn't look at failing. Everything shows that all hope is gone. And the man said that, I believe God that it shall be, even as it was told me. I believe God. And look at what he did. Hope was gone. And some of the people, even Paul, ten, Paul converted the fear into fasting. Others were not fasting because of fear. They were not eating. It is called false fast. Wherefore says, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even that was told me. Go to the next verse. How bit we must be cast upon the certain island. Paul started giving revelation. But when the 14th night was come, so 14 days no food, no water. 14th night was come. As we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they draw near to some country. Oh, wow. And sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. All this is King James English, but I don't have time to explain to you. And then, then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast forth anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Oh, wow. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea, and the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the, out of the four ships. So they wanted to run away and leave the other people for their own feet. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except this abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. The anointing to save is in the ship. He said, if you step out, you are dead. No matter how you think the church is, don't step out of the church. If you stay out of the ark, you'll be drowned. Stay in the ark. All the animals, they are weary and their excreta is there. The ark is not a place of a pleasant place, but it's the safest place to be. <laughs> Except this abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Except you are part of this one. Abstinence is very crucial. I'm getting your brony. Abstinence of fasting, it builds defense, it builds spiritual anti-missiles. Mm protect you. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. For not fasting, Haman could have annihilated all the Jewish people. Fasting raised a missile defense system against Haman's uh, a mass murderer attack. And the arrow turned back to him. It is fasting. That is the quickest way to send your enemies arrows back to them. God has answered every fasting prayer in the Bible. Oh, anytime somebody is in trouble and you decide to fast for the person, it's the greatest investment you can do for that person. Because in fasting, God will hear prayer. Mm. The enemy will try to resist it, but he cannot deny the manifestation. The Bible says, anytime you are fasting and the devil tries to stop your blessing, he that sits in heaven will laugh. Wow. Soldiers, except he abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Go to the next verse. Thank you. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. They listened to what Paul said. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take me, saying, this, is, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and, and continue fasting. 14 days. Unbelievers were fasting. You were a believer. You can't do five days. Unbeliever. I have forgiven, sir. Fasting. Who has given you an award for growing fat? Passing a crowd here, want to know a bumpire. Somebody came to tell me something. I almost slap her. He said, Fasting here, the time will go. My bumpires are tapping. I look at her. Some young lady say from Lagos. Can you imagine you are fasting? All you are praying is that time should move. Instead of sitting down with the word of God and read it and study the word and pray and seek the face of God, preparing for your life. Some of you will listen. Your, 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 because of your background here, your future established marriage depends on the fastings you are doing here. God came to hide you here for a reason. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Don't clap here. Hear this. Some of you, your future job, your future sound marriage, because marriages don't work in your background. It doesn't work. There are people better than you who went to marriage and they came back home. Not because they did anything wrong. The authors fought marriages. 
There are people sitting here without the life of fasting. You never see the inside of an aircraft. You only go there to sweep. Anytime we get to the airport, there are people sweeping inside the plane. They've never seen a plane fly. Never. Sat inside. Once you can't sit in a plane, sister, Satan has to make you a, a local champion. You have been denied. Some of you, without a life of fasting and prayer, you will never be established and live a sound Christian life. Immorality will pursue you. Fornication and adultery. You will marry. You come from a family, people commit adultery. So if you don't take, you will marry and still commit adultery. Tell me how you are going to conquer your father who has 17 children with eight mothers. You think it's not in your blood? Only fasting and prayer. Tell me. Listen to me. Without fasting, you can't survive the fierce witchcraft that is in your father's house. It's ready to destroy people and disgrace them in the apex of their life. It takes a lot of fasting. That is why God gave us this compound so that we will stand in the gap. Mm. Some people are hearing me at the age where they are. They wish they had me at your age. When I finished preaching at the all night, a woman walked to me at the age of about 55 and cried and said, Man of God, I always want to blame God that he didn't raise you when I was a young girl. He said, I wish when I was in university, I had somebody like you. I would have faith. I feel I live a holy life and this too alone you have given to me I'm sure I could have put him in a better place. He said, I live a certain life because nobody cautioned me. But you are young. When I'm preaching, I was reaching up. Because of it. Like a cute person. Cute person. Cry, Papa. Yes, I have a little too. So when I call you, I'm going to talk about it. And you are not listening to the things I'm talking about. Some of these little, little girls who are there and young, young girls, huh? Some of you are yelling, the things I'm preaching, people should take it. Your mothers couldn't hear what I'm telling you. Your life will be better. Even me, nobody told me. I learned them by pain to tell you. Stand to your feet. God bless you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, contact World Prayer Center, PO Box GP21421, Accra, or telephone plus 233 303 413 703 or plus 233 303 413 705. Email us on info at wpcministries.org or visit our website at www.wpcministries.org.